Welcome back to the Unapologetic Show, lovelies. This is the show where your host, yours truly, helps you to navigate how to live your most authentic and unapologetic life. As a recovering people pleaser myself, kind of an expert, I'm learning how to unpack what it means to live unapologetically, and in doing so, I want to create safe spaces for other people who are on the same journey. So let's go ahead and dive in today, shall we? So today is all about self-advocacy and what it means to advocate for yourself, whether that is in the health space or in the workplace or just in your social lives. Um, We all know that today as women, it's so hard to be able to um, make sure that our pain and our struggles are believed or even acknowledged. Um, I know personally, like I have uterine fibroids and that was such a trauma point for me where I feel like the doctors weren't really listening to me talk about my pain or giving me practical advice to actually be able to take care of my own health. Um, And this is always uh, an issue for women and then even more so for black women or other women of color um, or queer women. I mean, I think that a lot of times, you know, we are always struggling to be heard and to be listened to. And uh, that I really just want to talk about that today and how we can all just kind of find ways to advocate for ourselves better, understand like what the barriers are and understanding in general what self-advocacy looks like in your life. So I think some of the biggest examples that I have of this are just related to health or your social life or the workplace. So like I said, my fibroid journey was a whole, that was a whole thing for me. Um, I finally got my fibroids removed last year, um, actually almost a year ago today. Um, actually a little bit more than a year ago now, but, uh, you know, like I, I was diagnosed with them when I was 25. So about five years prior to me having anything done. And I remember going to the doctors and having them, letting them know and reminding them that, you know, those fibroids were there and that I had this pain that was in my uterus and it was hard for me to lay down and it was hard for me to, you know, do some normal activities. And it felt like it was falling on deaf ears for a really long time. And Finally, I just had one great health provider who actually listened to me and was like, oh, okay, maybe we need to actually do something about this. And I feel like my experience isn't too far off from what a lot of other women experience. Um, I was recently looking at a New York Times article about childbirth and black women and how like the maternal mortality rate is so high for even the richest of black women compared to white women. Um, and in general, like it's still high, like even for white women in the United States, like we're in a developed country, like a very, a superpower of a country. And we're still struggling with, um, you know, childbirth mortality rates. So it's just something where I feel like a lot of times women aren't often believed or we're, we're not often listened to. And it's really hard when, you're kind of in a, a space where you feel like you're not the um, expert to like advocate for yourself. 
Um, I also feel like self-advocacy can take the form of our social lives or like in the workplace, um, like in the workplace, obviously like salary negotiations or the types of jobs you get or take on, um, you know, the type of, uh, companies that you work for and being able to set boundaries, your work-life boundaries. Uh, I think that that's something that can be really hard for people sometimes, especially young people. I know that when I was in my early twenties, for instance, I struggled to be able to say, Hey, like, I'm not going to work 10 hours a day (laughs) because I don't need to. Um, And I felt like I needed to do the most to kind of impress other people, which ultimately hurt me in the long run. And it made me burn out a lot more quickly than I should have. But it's something that I think as I've kind of gone on my healing journey and I've kind of learned how to set more boundaries for myself, I've learned how to be able to say, Hey, like, do I need to work late? No. Okay. I'm not working late. (laughs) Um, and even salary negotiations. Like I think when I first started my career, I was so scared to be able to, like, I was just so excited to get my first job that I didn't even think to like negotiate my salary. Um, but I remember like, as my career has progressed, I have become more vocal about like negotiating my salary and saying, okay, but like, this is the experience and the skill set that I bring to the table. Am I being pay- paid a fair wage that actually um, is properly compensating for, you know, like what I'm giving to the company in return uh, and what I'm getting in return? Um, and I-, I strongly recommend people do that, you know, like in, I mean, not to mention the wage gap. Like I'm not even, I can do a whole separate episode on the wage gap, but knowing that, you know, oftentimes women and women of color, especially are paid less than men. And this isn't the case for every company, but it is something that does happen and we do need to acknowledge it. And I think that being able to speak up for yourself and, um, you know, I think being able to negotiate and, to own your experience is something that is so valuable for you in the long run for your career. Um, just to help you get ahead and to help, you know, even that wage gap out in the long run. I think that's one of the small radical things that we can do for ourselves. Um, also like in our social lives, I think self-advocacy is so important. Like I've had many, many friends who've been in romantic relationships that, um, you know, ended up turning toxic because there weren't boundaries. I mean, I myself have (laughs) been in that situation, right? Like I feel like not setting healthy boundaries with your partner or, um, not being able to speak up for your own wants and your needs and your desires, um, and your values. I think that can really make it challenging to have a healthy dynamic in your relationships, Um, and not just romantic relationships, but this also applies to families and friends. Um, one of the things that I was actually thinking about when I was, uh, brainstorming ideas for this episode were like some of the statistics I've seen on like hookup culture and how that tends to be such a male centric, um, just kind of situation that doesn't really give, um, opportunity for women to be able to speak up for themselves. And so 
I think just being able to have the com- the confidence that you need to advocate for yourself, it- it's so hard. I mean, I, again, or I'm a recovering people pleaser. I've been there and I'm still in that and I'm learning and growing as time goes on. But, uh, you know, it's just something that's so important and it's just not talked about enough. So just for the sake of defining self-advocacy for this episode, it, it to me is the ability to be able to stand up for yourself and to communicate what you're worth, um, be it be your needs or your wants or your values, um, being able to know what you need and want in different areas of your life, um, and just knowing how to address where your needs aren't being met. So let's go ahead and look into some ways that this has manifested specifically for me. So I think one of the barriers that I've seen a lot for self-advocacy in my own life has been like fear of rejection or uh, lack of confidence or negative self-talk. I am trying to get better about it, but negative self-talk is something that I've struggled with so much. You know, like there's always that little voice in the back of your head that's like, you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or pretty enough or this enough or that enough. And that really puts you in such a funky position where you don't feel like you're able to really advocate for yourself in the way that you need to, because you just don't think that you're worth it. Um, And I know in my last episode, I talked a lot about self-worth, but I think that self-worth kind of bleeds over into so many different areas of your life. And self-advocacy is kind of the, um, the beautiful benefit that comes from learning how to value your own self-worth. So, um, I think learning how to build your own confidence and to feel good in your own skin is just, that's, it's just, it's priceless. So, um, I know for me personally, something that I've been doing a lot lately is just, you know, looking in the mirror in the morning. Sometimes I have like this uh, powerful female playlist that I like to, um, powerful female singers playlist that I like to say, uh, play while I'm, uh, taking a shower or while I'm getting ready. And it's so cheesy, (laughs) but it, you know, it's, it's just the little thing that like gives me a little extra boost in the morning and kind of makes me feel a little bit better about myself sometimes. Um, and I love to do it like while I'm just half dressed and just, you know, really reminding myself of like how beautiful I am and how smart I am. And the fact that I have like kind of boosting my own confidence, I think is something that I really like to do. I'm a big believer in that. Um, something else I really like to do is just, um, you know, I, I use affirmations. If you've been following me for a while, just on my personal account, in addition to, um, unapologetic space, you'll know that like, I'm big on like my own personal affirmations in the morning. Um, I actually follow, I I use a, an affirmations app called I am, and I love that app so much. Um, I feel like it just, it's nice because it just pushes like affirmations to me throughout the day. Um, and it's so silly because it's like, those are just words, right? But at the same time, those are words that if you repeat them enough, they start to become true to you and you start to internalize it. 
Um, I am no psychologist, but I feel like there is definitely some psychological benefit to um, saying positive things about yourself repeatedly uh, because you do start to internalize that. So um, I don't know. That's something that has been helpful for me in my self-advocacy journey. Um, I think another thing that I tend to, that tends to stop me from advocating for myself is just this fear of coming across as pushy or selfish. And I think that's such a people pleaser tendency, right? Like we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to put ourselves first. We don't want to seem like dicks, which I mean, by the way, like it's not, it's not being a dick to stand up for yourself. It's, it's just not, it's not. Um, obviously like the way you go about it, I think is super crucial, but, um, it's not bad to stand up for yourself. I think that's so important and so valuable. Um, actually, so this weekend I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I, I love Dunkin'. If you know me, you know, my love of Dunkin'. Um, and I got an iced coffee, um, and I actually ordered ahead on the app. And uh, when I got to the drive-thru, I grabbed my coffee and I started to drive away. And then I like tasted it and I was like, this is not what I ordered. Um, and I don't know, like I felt kind of like a jerk for a second going back and being like, oh, well, this is the, this is the wrong coffee. Um, it was one of those mornings where I just wanted to like, get my coffee and start my day. And the fact that it was like, it wasn't even just like the wrong flavor. It was just like the wrong everything about the coffee. And it was just something that I knew I wasn't going to drink. Um, and I felt really bad actually going back. Um, because I, again, I didn't want to come off as a dick. I didn't want to be pushy. I didn't want to feel like that. I didn't want to be that asshole. Like, Nobody wants to be that asshole, but I, I was like, well, you know, I did pay for this. This is totally undrinkable. This really just is not the coffee that I wanted. Um, so let's just go ahead and go back and see what happens. Um, I'll be super polite about it. You know, I'll tip them. I'll just, I'll, I'll try to go above and beyond as much as I can to like not be a total jerk because I do recognize that um, people in the service industry work their butts off and they definitely deserve a lot of respect and credit. And so I don't want to insult anyone or make anyone feel bad. But, um, in doing that, actually, it's funny. I, I drove back and I went into the store and it actually turns out that they gave me the wrong drink. Um, which I, again, I knew, but they like had, she grabbed the wrong one when she gave it to me and she was like, I was actually waiting for you to come back. <laughs> Um, and that was kind of validating to me because I was like, well, I mean, I wasn't trying to be a jerk about anything. I don't think I would have been a jerk at all. Like if they hadn't have, if they just hadn't made the wrong thing, but it was so sweet of her to have that already ready. And it just reminded me of just how, you know, like it's the little things of speaking up for yourself and owning your truth. Um, I always say that I'm not for everybody and I mean that with all of my heart because not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to be on the same page as me and that's totally fine. Um, but I think that being able to understand that about yourself, 
is just the first step in being able to speak your own truth and to be able to own your own truth and to um, really just kind of lean into advocating for yourself because it's okay if not everybody's going to like it. That's fine. I mean, you're not there to please everybody. And I think that is such a great lesson. Like once you have that lesson internalized, it really just works wonders for you. So that said, I wanted to share some practical steps and tips that you can use for, uh, you know, advocating for yourself a little bit more. So obviously we'll get to my journal prompts at the end of this episode, but, um, you know, like in terms of the health, healthcare, uh, area, I think choosing physicians who actually care about what you're going through is so important. So for me, I have like a list of things that I check, um, when I'm looking for like a new therapist or a new like primary care doctor. Um, I know for, for instance, like I don't really like doctors using BMI. I think that is a very outdated system. Um, and it is implicitly racist and I will get to that at some point, but that is a tangent for another day. Um, so like, I'm really particular about like physicians who actually give a shit about me and my health and who are there to actually, you know, take care of me and not just there to check a box. Um, and I don't want to imply that that's a lot of physicians because maybe it isn't, but in my experience, I've had physicians who have just kind of checked a box and maybe just didn't have the best bedside manner for me. Um, and so it's so important for me to find like a physician who, um, really is able to care about what I'm going through. Obviously like in the fibroid case, I ended up finding a fantastic gynecologist and I love her so much. Like she's somebody who like, if she wasn't so far away from me, I would probably go to her again (laughs) more often. Um, but she was fantastic and I knew that she actually cared about me and, what I thought was really cool was one of the first questions she asked me when I showed up at my appointment was, do you plan on having kids? And it, it seems like such a little question. Um, and all, some people are probably like, that's, that's a question that every gynecologist should ask. Yes, it is a question that they should ask. It's not a question that they always ask. So I think, um, you know, like it, it was, if I had have said no, I feel like she wouldn't have shamed me for not wanting kids. Um, and I feel like she was just such a great person to really consider. Like I thought, I just thought she was so great for considering my like wants and my needs before really kind of putting a a solution forward. Like she was really mindful of making sure that whatever, um, healthcare she was going to recommend was in line with my own lifestyle. So I thought that was really cool. Um, same thing with therapists. So like for me personally, like I've always been a big fan of having like a black female therapist. Um, and it's so hard to find us, but I love when I do find black female therapists and, um, you know, like I, I've had friends who, um, maybe that's not as high of a priority for them, but I think it's okay to advocate for yourself and it's okay to like try different physicians out and learn that they aren't good for you and pivoting and moving away. Um, I've done that before, like with therapy, I think a lot of people don't realize that you can interview 
your therapist essentially. So I actually usually go through like when I'm looking for a new therapist, um, I've historically gone through like periods of times where I've like talked to multiple therapists. Like I've done consultation sessions with multiple therapists to see if they were even a good fit for me because at the end of the day, they can be a fantastic therapist, but maybe not the best therapist for me. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of your physicians. Uh, another, uh, just tip I think that is so helpful for improving self-advocacy and being able to speak up for yourself is just speaking more candidly about the things that we're all experiencing. I think that's part of why I actually started unapologetic, like the unapologetic space and unapologetic show is I feel like I've always been kind of a, a bit of an open book about my life and about things that I've gone through. And I think being able to speak candidly about what you're going through has been, it can be so like eye opening because you may not realize that other people are going through the same thing. Um, and it's okay. Like, <laughs> like sometimes I, I feel like sometimes I'll say things and I'm like, man, I'm going to like tell this story and I'm going to sound like a dork because I'm probably the only person going through this. And a lot of times I am pleasantly surprised. So it's worth doing it. It's worth speaking up for yourself. It's worth, um, you know, just telling your story because you never know who's listening and who's going to be on the same page as you. So, um, I've been following lately, like one of my biggest like areas of insecurity is my size. So like, um, I think that like, you know, being plus size, sometimes we get so many messages from like people out there who are skinny and who look a certain way. And that's not to say that any of those people are not worthy or beautiful because they are. But I feel like I've seen these people and it makes me feel sometimes less than or inadequate. And, um, something I've really learned is to just something I've really kind of done to help myself is looking into other people who, and I think I talked about this last week too, um, but like other influencers or creators who might have similar body types as me. Um, I've followed a lot of like black creators because I'm like, wow, they look like me. I, you know, I like, I relate to that. And so being able to be candid about that has been amazing for me because it's given me a community that I didn't even know was there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just something I, I think that is really helpful. Um, also setting boundaries. And this is something that I will always talk about. I'm sure I will bring this up many, many times, but setting boundaries. Oh my goodness. I think that is the most important thing for making sure that you're advocating for yourself. So like, knowing what your time is worth and being able to ask for more than what you're getting or being able to, you know, set boundaries and say no, no is a complete sentence. It's okay to say no. Um, I think that is so important for advocating for yourself and making sure that you're, you know, taking time for yourself. Um, and then the last thing is just understanding your needs and wants. So I think part of the barrier that a lot of people experience with self-advocacy is not even really understanding what their needs or wants are. Um, and I think that just self-reflection is so important to me. This is why I am so hot on these journal prompts. And 
I mean, again, I haven't historically been the best with journaling, but I'm getting a little bit better at it, um, especially putting them in my podcast is helping. But, uh, you know, like I think knowing what you need and what you want um, is so crucial for helping you to know how to speak up and know when to speak up for what you need and want and what you're getting. Um, Specifically, like in relationships, I think that's so important. So being able to being able to say like, I need X, Y, Z, or like my love language is this, I need this, or I want this. Like, I think nobody's going to read your mind and being able to know yourself is help is good for you to be able to tell other people what you need and want. So, all right. So, um, as we just kind of get ready to wrap up this episode today, Um, I just kind of wanted to highlight, you know, some of our favorite creators and uh, musicians were actually born out of their own self-advocacy. And I think that is the coolest thing ever. Um, There are like creators like Michelle Ellman, um, who is, uh, she initially led Scarred Not Scared and um, just kind of has progressed into an amazing author since then. Um, Megan Crabb, uh, Millie Gooch, who talks a lot about sobriety, um, and the sober girls, uh, it's fantastic. I think that's amazing. And then Jessamyn Stanley, who is a yoga, um, she is a yoga, I want to say she's a teacher. I can't remember for sure. Um, but Jessamyn Stanley is amazing. She does a lot of, um, like curvy, and um like plus size yoga and i think that's so amazing because she advocates for body positivity a lot and the in a space that tends to be a lot of like skinny white girls um ellie mids i recently heard her talk on um uh jimma styles has a podcast um called the the good influence um it's called good influence and Ellie Mids was on that podcast talking about ADHD and neurodivergence. And I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, it was just, to me, it was just like a little radical type of self-advocacy. Um, you know, being able to speak about what you're going through and like what other people around you have experienced. Um, and then of course there are some like bigger names that I feel like that pop up a lot in self-advocacy. So like, obviously, the Lizzo's of the world who are fantastic. Lizzo is fantastic talking mm-hmm. about body positivity. Uh, Selena Gomez, ugh, queen. Um, she and her, um, you know, her mental health organization, I think is fantastic. Uh, JVN, uh, they give weekly affirmations. Uh, JVN from Queer Eye. Um, they give weekly affirmations on TikTok, which I think is it's just been giving me life lately. Um, and you know, they also have talked about like HIV positivity and what that looks like. Um, and it's just, I think that I love seeing people in this space and talking about how to advocate for themselves, how they've advocated for themselves and how other people can advocate for themselves. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that this is a conversation that people are having a little bit more these days and are starting to have a little bit more, um, because I still don't think it's talked about nearly as much as it should be. But I think that at the end of the day, 
there is a piece of advice that my one of my one of my mentors gave me when I was I think like in my early 20s in the early part of my career and it was you're your own best advocate and that is uh, advice that I really like lean into I just think that nobody's gonna fight for you the way you're gonna fight for you and so being able to speak up for yourself and to advocate for what you need and what you want is such a powerful skill to have. And it's something that takes practice and it takes a lot of work. And again, like I'm maybe like 60% of the way there, but it's an ongoing process. And it's something that like, you know, even the best of the best of us will still have insecurities and will still like falter. But I think that as you continue to practice it, it gets a little bit easier as you start to use your voice a little bit more, you start to find your voice a little bit better. Um, and you start to get into a rhythm where you just learn how to not take other people's BS. So, uh, you're your own best advocate, fight for yourself. That's totally admirable. Um, and it's okay if you are not always able to do it. You know, we always are striving for progress over perfection, right? So, so as I wrap up today's episode, I'm going to leave you all with a couple of journal prompts that might help you to reflect on um, self-advocacy in your own life and what that looks like for you and how you can apply it as you start to, you know, find your own voice. So here are my prompts. What are some areas of your life where you find it challenging to advocate for yourself? And why do you think that is? Think about a time when you successfully advocated for yourself and think about the strategies that you used. How did that make you feel? Last, what are some small, small steps that you can take to build your confidence and improve your self-advocacy skills? How can you hold yourself accountable to taking these steps? I really, really hope that this is helpful for you all. I am so, so honored to be here today and to be talking to you all about self-advocacy. And I hope that I've helped in even the smallest of ways for you in your life. So thank you for listening today. And uh, be sure to rate us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. So thank you so much.